G'day and welcome to video number nine in our series on breaking habits of pornography and sexual lust. Well, if you've just tuned in, I'm going to tell you to go back and watch from video number one and then go back again and watch all of the manhood videos that uh, we've put out at Hope Church onto our YouTube channel. They're going to be helpful laying the foundations, putting up necessary mindsets and thoughts and uh, principles into the porn fighting game uh, because knowing who God is, what Christ has done for you in the gospel, what the word of God is, who the Holy Spirit is and how he helps you, knowing all of those things are so important for this fight. And even though right now we're going to talk about practical steps, just uh, some very uh, easily laid out steps to now go and take uh, in your fight against pornography. This is not where it starts. And I hope uh, you haven't just clicked onto this one to find the most practical, easy one to do, but that you've watched the others. They are where the hard work will be done. This is just surface level if this is all you're doing. Let's talk some very practical things. We read in Job 31 verse 1. Gentlemen, I, I want you to go there. I want you to go and have a look at Job chapter 31. That's the the book before the book of Psalm, uh, Psalms, it is the book of the, the tribulation and trial of the righteous man, Job. In chapter 31, he is listing out the reasons that he is an obedient, God-fearing man with righteousness, he uh, with obedience in his life, and saying, I don't think what I'm going through, this punishment, is a response for my sin. I think that there's some something else going on here. It's it's not. I have no secret sin. In other words, one of the things Job was saying was, "I'm not a secret porn addict." We went through and we were talking about the fear of God. That we should have the understanding that as long as you are looking at pornography, or as long as you have a masturbation problem going on, expect God to attack and uh, send difficulties in your life to discipline you in every area. And everything that you go through, you should be uh, putting through the, the filter of, is this God punishing me for my pornographic sin? Because it is the sort of thing that he may as well kill me for. That's what God does in unrepentant Christian lives. He disciplines even to the point of death. Let's walk away from that, back to the path of grace and mercy and, and uh, righteousness and spiritual life. But Job is saying in chapter 31, verse 1, he said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? What would be my portion from my God above and my heritage from the Almighty on high? In other words, he's saying, I have set myself a principle a vow, a, a, a contract, a covenant with myself that my eyes will not be gazing on, perverting, lusting after young women. That's what that word there means, young women. So I'm not going to go around looking at, um, staring at, lusting after young women. I've made a promise, a pact, a covenant, a contract with my eyes not to do that. And then he goes on in the... In, in, in the, the um, rest of, of that chapter and he basically says if uh, verse 9 if my heart has been enticed towards a woman and I have lain in wait at my neighbor's door in other words if I'm peeking in 
in the dark, you can imagine the ancient Near East when it's dark, there's no street lights, no security lights, there's just light on the inside of houses, very easy to sneak up to doors, up to windows and peek in. And he's saying, if I've been doing that, that sinful, voyeuristic, peeping Tom, disgusting act, if I've been enticed towards a woman like that and waited at her door, then let my wife grind for another and let others bow down on her. For that would be a heinous crime. That would be an iniquity to be punished by the judges, the city magistrate. For that would be a fire that consumes as far as Abaddon, and it would burn to the root all of my increases. What Job is saying is, if I had lived a life of ongoing lust towards women, ongoing peeping at, at uh, young gals, if I had lived a life of sneaking looks inside windows and doors, or in our day, looking up through the, the secret screen of our uh, browser, if you've been doing that, he's saying, if I was doing that, then it would make perfect sense if God punished me in life like this by killing all of my children, knocking down my house, and taking my life stuff away. Of course, that makes sense, but I'm not a porn addict. I have reign over my sexual desires. I have a wife that I go to. He even goes so far as to say, if I was doing that to other women, then it would be just and fair if God brought my wife to desire other men. Married men need to think this way. Make a covenant to yourself and to the Lord saying, if I am unrepentant about my sexual sin towards other women online or in person, then Lord, let my wife do the same against me. I think if we had Job's mindset, very few of us would do what we are so easily tempted to do online. That's what Job says. He says, this would be a heinous crime, a sin that would be punishable by the elders of the city, the judges. Um, and uh, it would be a fire that consumes. God would, would punish me for that. But I, he says back in verse 1, have made a covenant not to do that. So, so let's just talk about what's going on here. Job understands, the Bible obviously informs us truly, uh, the reality that man, men specifically, have been made as visual Creatures. Now, mankind is made with visual sensation that leads to so much. I mean, you look at art, men and women, look at art, look at landscapes, look at the colors in animals, look at um, uh, the, the beautiful fields of, of flowers and trees and whatnot. But we all are able to appreciate physical beauty. God has given us that. But men specifically have a, a visual component that, that ticks and that clicks into, that taps into the sexual side, that women just uh, do have it to a degree, but nowhere near the amount that men have it. Men are able to be uh, sexually aroused, turned on, and gotten ready for sexual activity in their body very, very quickly with simply a physical uh, uh, vision, simply seeing something, maybe a picture, maybe a, um, uh, a video, uh, especially somebody in the flesh. Whereas women do not have that same connection between the eyes and the groin. They, they, they just don't have that. They're not sparked into that immediate temptation and sexual uh, readiness as men are. Uh, there's a lot more emotion, a lot more uh, 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 warm-up that, that needs to happen. We've talked about this before. Men are microwaves and women are crockpots, uh, slow-cooking 
um, uh, apparatus. That we just work differently by God's grace and by God's good design. But what that means is you need to know how to use the power tool you've been given. You need to know where the safety switch is. You need to know how sensitive the trigger is of the, the power tool that you're using. And similarly, you've got a male body. You need to be aware of where the, twitch, the, the switches, where the triggers are, what it's running on, what the fuel is, so that you know how to be safe and controlled with it. Uh, we can even just think of this picture, um, I've said before, to the reality that men are just so visual. Um, and that's not even a bad thing. That's just how we've been created and we need to control it to the glory of God. Is You think back to the, to the garden when God made man and then he brought Eve to Adam. Uh, they did not spend any time talking, conversing, emotionally uh, connecting at all. Literally what we see happen is God walked the naked, beautiful Eve up to Adam. He physically sees her, sees her body, and concludes, yep, physically that'll fit there. That looks good. I appreciate what that looks like just on visuals alone. Haven't heard of the sound of her voice yet. Haven't heard what she likes, what she's interested in, what she wants to do, what she, any of that. I like what I see. She's my wife, woman for man, man for woman, that's great. He just sees her and in the pre-fall state, no sin, no misogyny, no objectifying her. He's just able to say, I'm a man, I'm created, that my eyes inform a lot of my romantic uh, uh, mindset and I'm ready. That's great. I love her. She's amazing. And uh, uh, that, that we, we have not lost that, that, that half-inch uh, uh, pathway between eyes and groin. Now, though, it's corrupted by sin. Now, we don't have uh, uh, the control over what our eyes see and how much we think about it as we should. And so we need to introduce what Job had, a, a covenant with our eyes, saying, I'm not going to look at women because I know how quickly that brings about me feeling, me lusting, me desiring other women, online, in person, of course, all of it. So make a covenant with yourself in this way. Let's get, again, really practical, knowing that that's how Job thought, knowing that's how we should think. Start thinking about what that would look like in your life. If you were to make a covenant that you're not going to introduce to your visuals, uh, uh, scantily dressed, half-naked, sexualized, objectified women, what would that look like? I would suggest that you go through your Facebook profile and you go through your friends list and you go through your Instagram list and you go through uh, any other social media that you have. Uh, maybe it's YouTube, uh, delete TikTok outright, of course. I'm not even going to pretend that any of you would have Tinder. You've gotten rid of that. Uh, so no Tinder, TikTok's gone. That's just full of teenagers getting naked and dancing anyway, basically. Um, uh, get uh, Cull your friends list on Instagram, people who post half naked photos of themselves travel blogs they're always putting up uh, you know uh, beach shots of of um of models and and clothing uh designers that might have always uh half naked models all over the place unfollow 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 if you just can't keep yourself away from looking at inappropriate profiles and pictures then delete your instagram and your facebook all together it is not worth the temptation make a covenant with yourself that you will protect yourself from looking at women. Also, it means that you need to go through 
uh, what TV shows you watch, uh, especially if you're a single guy. I mean, if you're if you're married, you probably uh, watch TV every now and then. I, I pray and I hope, and this will be a discussion for another time, that you don't just burn hours and hours and hours watching TV. It should be a time of rest, and even then it should be rare. But uh, um, if you especially are a single guy and you're watching on your phone in your bed or alone at home, you, you, you must, gentlemen, be careful about what you're watching. Uh, 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 even gr otherwise great movies are just littered with with nudity and sex scenes and um, uh, uh, lust intensifying characters to draw men in. So go through what you watch. Um, uh, don't watch things on your own if that is consistently a, a trigger for you that uh, leads you down um, Sims path. Think about what you follow, what you're consuming, what you're watching. Make a covenant with your eyes to protect your heart because you know that you're a visual being as a man of God. Secondly, firstly, we said to make a covenant with your eyes, look out for what you're consuming visually. Secondly, aim to get married young. And it is really practical, but also really big picture and isn't something you can just run home and do. But it's something you can decide right now uh, and, and come to an understanding of right now is do not put some kind of Disney... Uh, filter over, do not mythologize, do not elevate marriage beyond what it ought to be to you. Uh, marriage is the expectation of God for everybody who's alive. The only people who don't get married are the exceptions, and therefore the exceptions only prove the rule. Every man and woman should expect to get married unless God reveals to them the expectation that they live in. Uh, we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, of course. Let me Let me read it for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, Paul is talking to that young, struggling urban church of Corinth, and he says, because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. There you go. As long as temptation for sexual immorality is around, until the world ends, men should find wives, while women should find husbands. He will then say also, uh, in verse 9, if if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. Now, this is not something you can go and you know find a wife online tomorrow, order her, and fix it up. That's that's not the solution. The solution, obviously, is going to be uh, a long-term uh, uh, changing of how you think of marriage, work for marriage, look to marriage, aim for marriage. But it's gonna, it needs to start now. At least have. In this moment, a change in a mindset to say marriage is not for two people who achieve perfection and then come together. Marriage is not really optional. Marriage is not uh, for the super saints <clears throat> or the failing saints who just can't keep their hands to themselves. Marriage is normative. God wants me to find a woman and marry her. Um, and and I'm not going to follow the world and get married at 30 or older. That, that, that's the average age for men getting married in Australia, is, is up towards 30 and beyond. So set, set instead a mindset and a realisation. I, I encourage you to go back and watch the Biblical Manhood video on marriage and sex, and it explain in a lot more practical, helpful, and theological um, uh, uh, teaching, 
the view that you should have of marriage. But let's just say this, have in your mind that getting married younger rather than older should be the aim of Christians so that you are not living for 10, 15 years in your uh, sexually active hormonal period from you know 13 till 23, 33, 20 years being sexually ready but trying to keep the lid down. Uh, that's just unhealthy. So aim to get married younger. With few Christian families out there and uh, fewer Christian eligible bachelors and bachelorettes, uh, uh, you know, the, the more biblical your standards become, the fewer people there are, but they are out there. Uh, do not set a ridiculously high standard. Do not think that you are some Prince Charming. Be realistic. But again, go back and watch the marriage and sex video, which goes into that in more detail. This will... Uh, Getting married does not sort everything out. It does not stop your lusts. It does not stop many men think, if I can just get married and have regular sex, I won't need pornography. That's not how it works. Uh, remember, you don't just have a porn problem, you have a sin problem. And if you get married, great, sex becomes sanctified in an act of worship, that's great. But your sin is still hungry. The flesh you've been feeding is still strong and it needs a way to sin. It feeds on sin. If sex stops being sinful, it'll need you to sin in other ways. And so pornography still comes in. All the visions, the, 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 the pictures that you still have are still so corrupting. Um, <clears throat> some things will need to be sorted before you get married. Before you even start courting a woman and trying to date a woman, you will need to make some progress on the pornography issue in your life. Do not be looking at porn regularly and then go and ask girls out on dates. You are not ready for that. However, the, the, having a missional, a mission mindset that, that I'm going to find a wife, conquest her heart, love her until I die, lead her like Jesus leads, loves, rules the church. Having a mission mindset like that is one of the things that gets your mind in shape and in order so that pornography is easier to put off, put off. Lust is easier to put away because you've got a future wife to think about now. You've got a future set of children. You've got a future life you're aiming at. So having this aim helps in the fight. Also, let me say this. Number three, make porn harder for yourself to get at. Make it harder for yourself to get and access pornography. This is not an ultimate step. If you put software in place, if you get rid of a smartphone and all of the screens around you and lose your internet connection, if you do all of that, you can still access porn. You can still think of it yourself. You can still look up um, uh, 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 pictures. You can still go get magazines. You can still sin lustfully. It is not ultimately the solution to go and chain a man who desires murder, as soon as the chain is broken, or as soon as he's let free, he'll go and uh, satisfy his bloodlust. And so it is with men like you and me, men who are born of the Spirit, trusting Jesus Christ. We are not under law in such a way that we think, if we can just get more rules and more controls around us and, and strap us to this chair, I won't be able to sin. No matter how hard I try, I'll, I'll, I'll solve it. That's not how it works. Uh, without the gospel, without walking by the Spirit, 
without having our hearts reoriented towards Jesus, without having our desires inflamed and intensified for Jesus and for holiness and for the Word of God, without having a changed mindset, restraining the flesh is a fool's errand and it's not holiness. However, while it's not about making it impossible for yourself, and while it's not about solving the issue entirely, software for your internet browser or your Wi-Fi at home if you've got kids is still going to be an extra help because it, it, it increases the height of the fence. It, it increases the amount of hurdles there are between you and pornography. If between you and pornography is simply a single click away, uh, then it only takes a little bit of temptation and, you, and you're there. However, if between you and looking at pornography, there is a, a fair few practical physical steps you need to take, then it's more of a mental commitment to go and seek it out. You have to jump over hurdles. You have to exert energy. And, and all the time, you're giving yourself time to repent. You're giving yourself time to realize, what am I doing? Recognizing my sin, turning away from it before I, uh, I reach it. And so this is a, uh, a biblical way to think. Make sin harder for yourself. I, I always tell young guys, when you're with women or when you're uh, uh, battling pornography, never be in a situation where you just need to trust yourself. Never trust yourself. If you were the young gal and the only thing keeping you from sinning sexually is your amazing self-control, and you just need to trust yourself. I know we're alone in a park at night under a blanket, looking at the stars, listening to romantic music, having a candle, but I'll trust myself and I'll trust her. We won't do anything. You've already lost the fight because you have no protection between yourself and sin except yourself. And you are not a shield. You are what needs to be protected. So you always need to uh, increase the space between sin and you. Put fences in the way. Put hurdles in the way. That even though you could sin if you really wanted to, you're just making it harder for yourself to sin. That is one of the uh, reasons to do this. So there's going to be in the description of this video down below, there's going to be um, some programs that I recommend. Some of them will be paid, some of them may be free, uh, but programs for iPhones or for Androids and for uh, uh, PCs and for Macs uh, in order to put for yourself and for your kids if you've got uh, young young kids uh, and, and teenagers living in your home that will be helpful and recommended for uh, uh, keeping away pornographic websites that are easily accessible. And then let me repeat now what I said last video, which is if, uh, uh, if you're a young man seeking to mature, walk by the Spirit and have practical ways to do that, be at church twice a Sunday. Some things will come up, some reasons you won't be able to make it, uh, things happen, but as a practice, make it a twice a Sunday discipline that you are among the people of God whenever they gather, that you are going to be sitting under the preaching whenever it is being uh, uh, brought, that you're going to be uh, with the Spirit in the presence of the covenant people of God whenever the Spirit is going to be using His Word uh, and His truth to grow them. Make that commitment to yourself and also uh, give to yourself 
uh, a way to serve the local church. Maybe this is in a fellowship group. Maybe this is in uh, on a Sunday behind the scenes. Uh, maybe this is in some other way around the church building throughout the week. But when you serve, you add two things to yourself. First of all, you add the uh, the schedule um, uh, uh, fulfillment. You filled your schedule, which means you don't have. And the more that you serve, the less spare time you have so that idleness will not become a problem. And the less spare time you have on your own between you, yourself, your flesh and sin. Uh, so put time in, sink time into a second job, sink time into serving the church somehow, serving Christian brothers and sisters somehow so that you can um, uh, fill the schedule with godly things that benefit your soul. But also... The reason that I, one other reason that I recommend getting yourself onto rosters and helping out and serving is because it does something to your conscience. That if you know you're going to go evangelizing on Friday night, Thursday night, you're going to have a, a motivation to keep your conscience clear before the Lord and not look at pornography. Not go and masturbate when you know you're going to be handing out tracts to strangers, pleading them to come to Jesus. Uh, that will feel hypocritical if you've been engaging in the flesh and, and, and so the, the 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 expectation of service assists you in keeping your hands clean it's a good motivator it's a spirit given motivator so that you can be coming with clean hands to serve the lord um, so these are some practical steps that are not ultimate but will be uh, acts of obedience if done with the motivations and mindsets and principles uh, and and biblical understandings that we've spoken about in the previous eight videos. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit given to us in his gospel is the only one able to make truly zealous, truly pure, and truly holy people out of sinful wretches that we are. You must trust in Jesus Christ. If you're watching this and you have never yet given your life to Christ, never been born again, never felt the forgiveness of sins and, and come into the, the relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, where he took your sin on the cross and he gives you forgiveness because of him being righteous in your place, that he triumphantly rose from the dead. If you have not believed that and had your sins wiped out, I want to offer that to you today and exhort and command you to repent and believe in Jesus for your soul's salvation. Uh, and, and, and give glory to God for his salvation in living a, a life of holiness in his sight.